Welcome guys, how is everyone? I'm sure you're feeling probably a little bit warm today. Uh, it's really good again to have you here. I pray, I really pray that you're here this morning because your hearts are ready to hear God's word. I really pray that, uh, uh, that you're ready to have fellowship together. Sometimes I think to myself, you know, Sunday mornings is not, um, it's, it's more than just our singing in the message. You know, um, it's about you guys being able to have fellowship with one another. And I know if you're online, that's not as possible. But um, it's about having fellowship with one another. So please, you know, take the opportunity after church, if you can, uh, to, to stay back, talk, get to know some people, encourage one another uh, in the things of the Lord, because this is what fellowship is. It's not just me getting up and sharing a message with you. This is what Sunday mornings is about. It's about the, the church um, and being together uh, in, in the Lord. And I pray this morning that's, that, that, you're blessed, that you're blessed by that. Ever, ever had a situation where um, you've been, you've sort of got out of your car maybe and it's a windy day um, and you've dropped something like a piece of paper or a receipt or, and then all of a sudden it's like whew, the wind takes it and, and you, then you've got to sort of make a decision. What do you do? I don't know if you do this. You make a decision. You know, what, what is it that you've dropped? Is it, if it's just maybe a serviette from the car, you know, you sort of, if it's a really windy day, you're going to run around trying to stomp on a serviette and you're always conscious of what you look like. I don't know, do you think like that? If you're trying to stomp around and trying, every time you go to stomp, the wind takes it the next, the next little bit. But you know, if it's something a little bit more valuable, maybe if it's a receipt, maybe if it's a receipt of something you've just purchased that you want to hold on to because maybe, you know, you'll try a little bit harder because that's a bit more significant. Or maybe if you, for some reason, maybe, you know, you dropped a $100 note. You know, and you think to yourself, and it's a really windy day, well, I, I'd probably be right to guess you're not just going to say, oh, see you later, $100 note. You know, you're probably going to do your best, and it doesn't matter how you look. <laughs> you're not going to really care what people think of you. You're going you're gonna to run as fast as you can and st stop even if you look like you're dancing to try and get that, uh, that $100 note so you can, you can capture that. And I think we've all had similar experiences now. What, it's, what it kind of paints for us is this really nice picture around the kinds, the sorts of things that we pursue in life, you know, and the sorts of things that we're prepared to look silly for, the sorts of things that we're prepared to get, be out there for and, and, to, and to sort of um, claim or have or obtain in life, even if sometimes it's going to make people look at us and think what's wrong with this guy you know it's the sort of things that we the kind of value that we attach to these things and this morning I want to share something with you about the words of Jesus the words that Jesus spoke to us about the kinds of things that we pursue in life the kinds of things that we make valuable in life because they're the kind of things that we're going to we're going to uh, step out for they're the kinds of things that we're prepared to be maybe even ridiculed for and maybe even you know, maybe even laughed at for because what we're prepared to do is we're prepared to step out and grab those things, take hold of those things that really mean something to us. You have had experiences in life when you've pursued your faith and it hasn't gone down well with everyone. You know, maybe it's a family friend, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a parent. It hasn't gone down well for everyone, and you've, but you've been determined to pursue your faith. And I think um, what, why you do that is because the Lord Jesus Christ means everything to you. What, he's, what he did for you means everything to you. You were once in bondage to sin. You were once caught up in habits you couldn't break. You were once tormented by thoughts you couldn't stop. You know, you were once a person who was more inclined to hate and not forgive than to love and show mercy. You were kind of sick of yourself, if you look back now. And you were once like this. 
until the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated his power toward us and the richness of his grace. And he came and he destroyed sin's power in your life. And the Bible says he set you free. Isn't that wonderful? He set you free. Now, you've got a choice. We've got a choice. We can go back to that bondage. We can go back to being bound to, to the way we lived. We can go back to being trapped by the pursuit of this world. We can go back to being people who are always inclined to, to do what is wrong and rather than to do what is Christ-like. We can go back to that. And the Bible def- refers to this, and it's pretty graphic, but the Bible refers to this as a dog returning to its vomit. Or we can continue to walk in the power of Christ. Now, not everyone believes that. Not everyone believes that. There are people who in the churches that will tell you that, yeah, God, Jesus Christ has, has set us free from the penalty of sin. Praise the Lord. He set us free from the penalty of sin. And then there are people who will tell us that, yeah, Jesus Christ set us free from the power of sin. But they don't quite get what, they, they don't kind of get what they're saying. What they're saying is he'll set us free from the power of sin uh, until it's kind of a bit hard, too hard for us because we kind of all have a nature that is inclined to do wrong anyway. But when we read the scriptures... What Jesus, the hope that Jesus Christ gives us is far greater than the human mind can comprehend. He has come to deliver us from all things that have bound us and trapped us and inflicted us all our lives. And for this, brothers and sisters, and for this, it is worth looking as silly as you can, stomping and chasing and loving and pursuing the things of Christ. I think so. I think so. And there are some things that the Lord Jesus Christ um, taught us that I hope will, will be of an encouragement to you. Because some of us are sort of older in life and we can look back and think of the things that we've obtained in life. And maybe we can boast over those things. But really, what's, what are we boasting over? The things we've achieved or the person we've become? Or maybe we're younger in life and we're sort of still pursuing and we set our hearts on the things that we're going to do. Maybe we're going to start a new career or we're starting a new relationship or we're pursuing something in life or we're excited about the things we're going to get in life. But what are we boasting about? The things we're going to have or the people we're going to become? And what the Lord Jesus Christ promises us, promises us, is that we're going to become, if we're committed, if we're going to become more and more like him. Now, if that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't excite you, I, I, I don't think this morning is going to be of interest to you. But if it excites you that you're going to be stripped of yourself and become more like Christ, because that's what Christians are. Christians aren't just people who have their life and then they add Christ to it. Christians are people who God is stripping of themselves for the sake of becoming like Christ. Because that's what this world needs. This is what you need. This is what I need. Then this morning, I pray this morning, will be of some help to you. Will be of some encouragement to you. So let's pray. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on on the word this morning. Ask him to, to take the word and to speak according to his perfect will. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you have given us the breath to come today and to hear your precious word. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given us this time. We pray you bless the children in Sunday school and in childcare. We pray you encourage them and bless their teachers as they lead them and look after them. And I pray that your word uh, also just speaks into our hearts this morning uh, according to your goodness and your grace, because I need you, Lord, in every word that is spoken this morning. 
And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's an interesting thing when you're preparing, for those of you who may have you know, prepared anything in, in life, it's interesting when you're preparing for something because it's quite, sometimes it's a bit of a roller coaster for me before Sunday morning as to what's kind of, what's gonna, what I'm going to share because I take, I take what, I, what I share with you very seriously. And, and I was thinking about this passage in the scripture that I'm going to read with you this morning and, and I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, okay, look, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll, I'll, I'll read it eventually and I'll reflect on it. And, um, you know, maybe tomorrow. This is how I was thinking. It was probably midweek or something. And then I went to the scriptures because I wanted to read. I thought I'll just go back to where I'm up to in Mark because I'm sort of really, really slowly working through Mark, really slowly. And so I thought I'll just get up to my passage in Mark and I'll just read that and, and I'll just read what the word has to say to me today. And lo and behold, it was the passage I was thinking. So I was thinking to myself, oh, Lord, okay. So I guess... You fast-tracked. You, know, you wanted me to read it this morning and, and, to, and, to, and to look at the passage that we're going to look at this morning. So, I want to open up. So, so for me, it's the Lord, again, comforts us and reassures us with his word and the word that he wants to share with us this morning. So if we're going to open up our Bibles to Mark chapter 8, please. Mark chapter 8. Um, we're, going to read, um, we're going to read just two verses, and I'll give you a bit of a context to these verses. But I want us to just reflect on these, on these verses uh, this morning. Mark chapter 8, verses 36 and 37. Verses 36 and 37. Jesus said this. He goes, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Interesting, isn't it? For what does a prophet a man if he gathers, 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 gathers and gains the whole world, but then at the end of the day his soul is lost? The Bible, when the Bible refers to losing your soul, it's the, it's the condition of the soul that will find itself in hell. He goes, what's a profit a man if he gains, or a woman, if, he, if they gain the whole world and lose their soul? And then he asks the second question, and what can you give for your soul? What can you exchange for your soul? If you want to, if you want to have the mentality of a barter system, what are you going to give for God to say to you, oh, okay, you've got that, all right, I'll let you in, if that's how you want to think. What are you going to give in exchange for, for your soul? Now, this is in the context, Jesus is speaking about this in the context of wanting to save your life, wanting to do something with your life, not to have to ruin your life. And he says, if you're going to talk about the, con the context, is wanting, Jesus wanting for you to live life and save your life and, and to be unashamed of the one who saved your life. And in that context, he says, well, what's a profit a man if he gains the whole world and then just loses his soul? I think you will understand when I say to you that the things that are most important to us, the things that really are important to us, friendships, wealth, possessions, a new iPhone, <laughs> I don't know, the things that are really important to us, we really pursue. Like we, we set our minds to pursue them. The things that are most valuable to us, 
We actually say to it, we, we, we either tell ourselves or we, don't, or we don't realize we're doing it, but we basically give ourselves over. We, we pay very close attention to, we make time for the pursuit of these things. And if something was to be at risk of not getting it or, not, or ruining it or somehow being lost of it, we pay even extra attention because it's of great worth to us. And what Jesus is trying to paint for us here is a picture that there is something that every single person in this world possesses, and that's a soul. This is the very existence, our very life, more than the body. And, once he, and the, paint, the picture he wants to paint for us is that if you're going to be <clears throat> particularly uh, careful and in the pursuit of anything in life that's going to take the, all of your time and your attention. It's going to be the thing that God has given you that he considers to be most precious and that's your soul. <clears throat> he, God, gave us this so that we could be like him. How long do we spend in the mirror in the morning? If we have a range of people in the morning that would spend their time in the mirror, some of us maybe would spend five minutes in the morning. Maybe you're the sort of person who's like, out you go. Maybe you're the sort of person who likes to kind of blow dry your hair and do this. I have no problem with looking after yourself. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a message about neglecting the body. You know? But I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just wondering how long it takes people to prepare themselves before they actually leave their home. And so this is a really interesting thing because what we're doing is we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at what, what we are looking like and we're taking care of this. And imagine if this mirror that we were looking at in the morning was able to pierce far deeper than our physical. Imagine if this mirror that we looked at in the morning was to reflect, reflect the condition of our soul. I wonder what it would reveal. I wonder what it would show. I wonder the sorts of things that it would highlight about us. Maybe the, the scars or the marks or the, the blemishes that, that when we see outwardly, we are so quick to want to fix. And imagine if this mirror was to go deep enough to reflect the soul and we looked at it every morning and we think, oh Lord, I've got to fix this because, because it's, it's not right, it shouldn't be there. It's going to look odd that it's there. I call myself a Christian. It looks, looks odd that it's there. Or, or I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm living a good life. This is odd. And I wonder if we would be courageous enough or brave enough to look into God's word as that mirror and say to ourselves, Lord, what is it? What is it that deep in my heart I'm really truly pursuing in life? Is it you and your holiness? Is it you and your righteousness? Is it you and your kingdom? Is it you and, and, and all your goodness? Or is it, at the end of the day, <clears throat> the things that I love most? Now, I don't know. Some people say, oh, but why can't I have both? Why can't I have the things I really love and God as well? That's a fair question. Why can't I? Nothing wrong about having money, for example, or nothing wrong about maybe going on a holiday, for example. Why can't I have both? I want to have both. You know what? I'm not here to tell you you can't have both. But what I'm here to say to you is this. The Bible definitely warns us about the pursuit of things of this earth and trying to do that while we're pursuing the things of God. It's just there. And if you can work it out, good on you. I'm yet to understand how it can be worked out when we are told clearly that you can't serve two masters. I still can't work it out when Jesus says because you're either going to love one 
and hate the other, or are you going to serve one and reject the other? See, I can't quite work it out because the Bible says that we are to keep our minds on, uh, on, on heavenly and not on earth. The Bible says that if we love the world and the things in the world, then the love of the Father is not in us. Now, you interpret those things as you want, but what I know is this. If I'm in the pursuit of God, it's going to be at the expense of other things from time to time. It has to be. Because these are the things that God is most important to me, the condition of my soul. So I will pursue things in life until, if there's ever a chance or a possibility that my soul in some way is at risk, and my soul in some way is going to be distracted by this, then that's where I've got to draw a line. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Now, Jesus isn't just talking about getting the whole world. He isn't saying, okay, you can have, have 99% and that's okay, but once you get the whole world, that's wrong. <laughs> He's not talking about that. He's just saying basically this, anything, anything that takes your passion, your love, your heart, your pursuit, your attention, your, your direction in life, your, it, it, whether, whether it be, whether it be uh, possession or wealth or even status and reputation, whatever you want, what is the game for a man to get everything and then he loses his soul? Because this is what's most important. You know, there's a saying that you only live once, isn't there? And it's a pretty twisted saying, actually, in some ways. It's pretty twisted because what people are trying to say is this. You only live once, man. You only live once. So you've got to go out and do what you can, enjoy what you can, and get what you can. And there's kind of a bit of a twisted notion to it because what it's trying to say is don't let anyone stop you from pursuing and getting everything you can because one day you're not going to live anymore and what are you going to do then? You would have missed out. Same trick devil used to Eve. You're going to miss out. You do only live once. That's true. And then you live for eternity. And this very thing that God has given us is very, very precious. It's called a soul. And because it's so precious to God, this is how precious it is for God. He gave it to us so then he could come and save us that we could be with him forever. And it's so precious to God that it cost the, the death of his son. That's how precious it is to God. So we do live only once. And so we are obligated, if we are serious about our lives, to do the best we can to bring this soul, bring this soul into the relationship that God designed for it to have with him. That we will be imitators, if you like, of Christ. The soul is an interesting part of the body. It's, it's one of those things where people like to debate and discuss and, and share about the soul. I'm not going to get into the theology of the soul, the spirit and the body. But what I want to just share with you is this. When you look at the scriptures, it's the part of us, generally speaking, it's the part of us that really relates to God and will one day return to God. It's the part of us that understands what it means to know God more than the physical being. It's the part, give, me, give you some examples. The Bible says, for example, my soul magnifies the Lord. Yeah. Or bless the Lord, O my soul. Or Jesus says that I've come that you may have rest for your souls, the Bible says. Do you understand? This is part of us that understands that we are able to understand God or, or relate to God and then one day eventually be returned to God. Jesus spoke in another part. He says this. 
It says, don't worry about the people who can kill your body but can't what? Touch your soul. But rather, be very concerned about those who, very concerned about those who can kill, the ones, sorry, who can kill both body and soul in hell. So he's very concerned about this part of us that not only exists today, but will also exist in heaven. And every single one of us has this beautiful opportunity to nourish and grow and protect and pursue the things that are going to grow our soul. Because what is a profit if we gain everything but then lose it? Eventually, as the Bible says in 1 Peter, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There's a famous story in the Bible about a man who really struggled with, this is a big word here, really struggled with covetousness. Yeah, what is that? It's basically a greed for something that you want more of or someone else has it and you want it. This idea of wanting something that you haven't got so badly. So what does this man do? It's an interesting story. It's a famous biblical story that Jesus gave. This man had a lot and his field just grew in abundance and he thought, what is he going to do? He's going to, his storage space wasn't enough to equip it all. So he thought he'd break it down, build bigger ones so that he could fill them up. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound too bad, does it? I don't know about you. I was thinking about this story. Like, what's so wrong about that? Don't we do that? Don't we upgrade things? Renovate our house? Buy a bigger car? I don't know. I, I, I look at this man, I think, well, he's not kind of doing sort of more than really what we often do in life. He had, he had, he had an abundance. He, maybe he got extra profit in life. <laughs> His wage increased. And so he thought, you know what, I'll just... Do more with it. But what God was concerned about was this man was in the pursuit of everything else other than his soul. See, God had a problem with this because he says, you fool. Don't you realize that tonight your soul is going to be required of you? Don't you realize that everything you're pursuing in life is not going to win your soul? It's not going to save your soul? And then he says very something very interesting, and so it is for those who are not rich toward God. Do you get that? Their relationship and their life is not rich toward God. They have not nourished. They have failed to nourish and care and, and, and look after the most precious thing that God has given them, and that's their soul. Their minds and their hearts and their pursuits have been on so many other things at the expense of their soul. So no wonder why Jesus says, what does it profit a man? If he gains this. Fast forward to maybe 1930 or so. There was this man, I forget his first name, but his surname was Lassiter in the Northern Territory and he found some gold. He claimed to have found some gold. So 30 years after he'd found this, he claimed to have found this gold, he was there on a search to get it. So he gets trucks and he gets planes and he, and he starts to search the area and he, of no avail. He doesn't find anything. But this, he gives his life to it. He asks the local people to help him, indigenous people. No luck. The guy keeps searching, searching, searching until he eventually dies out of illness and 
uh, sorry, out of hate, just general hate, illness, and his own sickness, because he just sought he sought things in conditions that weren't good for him, but he continued to seek and seek and seek to his own death. Why? 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 Why would he do that? Because for him, it was of great worth, it was great value, but it cost him his own life. So Jesus speaks of two things here, and I'll just, I'll just, I just want to briefly touch on this. And I don't know about where you're at today. Maybe this, this is for you an encouraging message where you think to yourself, thank you, Lord, you know, because my whole life is devoted to doing, uh, is pursuing the, the, the righteousness and the goodness of God. I understand that at the end of the day, I, I, am being, uh, I need to set aside everything else ex- until I set you first in my heart. I don't know, maybe you've made some bad decisions in life where you've pursued your life selfishly. Maybe you have. Maybe you've hurt people along the way because you've pursued life selfishly. Maybe you've pursued life selfishly and you sit here this morning still very unsatisfied. And what God is doing is just getting your attention. What is a prophet? Look, consider what is truly rich in life. The relationship with me, the pursuit of me, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercies of God. What are you pursuing? And you sit here thinking, I've tried it doing it my way and and, and now it's time to understand the greatest thing to pursue in life are the things of God. Jesus says two things here. Verse verse 36, what is a prophet if you lose your own soul? And in verse 37, what's what's the value of our soul? What's a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What's it like, you think, to think you have everything only to realise at the end you've had nothing? What would that feeling be like? Everything you thought you owned only to find you don't own it anymore. To think that you've achieved, you've managed to do well, Life is satisfying, only to find at the end it's just taken from you. And when we look at life from this earthly perspective, these are the things that we're going to face one day. Imagine if you've played Monopoly before. And while you're playing Monopoly and you're cashing in the money, you're feeling pretty powerful, aren't you? You can do so many things with this money. Buy hotels, buy other stations. And you're cashing in all the goods, but it's only good while you're playing that game. The minute you walk away from that game, <laughs> that money is of no value to you. That money is of no worth to you. And in similar ways, this is what life is like for people. They'll, they'll pursue things and they'll seek after things, and it's like this game. And while they're in it, they feel very powerful. They feel like things are all working out, but it's at the expense of something more far greater and far more significant, and that's their soul. And they'll allow things to creep in, and we will allow things to creep in that eventually will start to mar and scar the thing that is most precious to God. That's why God expresses his pain over his people who seek after things other than him. Do Do you notice the heart of God all throughout Scripture? 
God expresses his pain. It's a, it's a painful experience for God. Why are my people doing this? And why are my people doing that? And why are my people sought after this? And why are my people seeking after that? And it pains God because he sees what damage it's causing their soul. They've left me the fountain of life and they're sought after things that are broken systems that can't give them the nourishment they're really looking for. It pains God because he's a jealous God. And he sees the heart of his people and as soon as he sees an idol taking the place of him, he knows the damage is starting going to cause us and it pains God. And so he continues to warn us and instruct us and to teach us that the greatest thing to pursue are the things of God because these are the things that are going to nourish and care for your soul the most. Now, I don't know if the Spirit of God speaks into our lives and says, at the end of the day, this isn't what you're pursuing. Then the Bible says, what does it gain you? We can feel very good for a season while we're playing the game, if you like, until a time when it's over. And for the Christian, when it is over, boy, God's got some good things in store. So that in the coming ages, Ephesians says this, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? So in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. What's a profit of man? And then verse 37, and what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Think about anything that you could have in life that you could say could be the equivalent with God of your soul. Anything that you could gain, you could say to God, God, you know what? I didn't quite pursue you all my life, but I tell you what, I've got something. I've got something that might actually be able to, I can barter with you. Maybe it's something I've gained. Maybe it's all the great work that I did. Maybe it's all the people that I helped in life. Maybe it's all the, the money I gave away. And we, we try and have this barter system with God as if to say, but God, you know, I, can't, I know I didn't really pursue you with all my heart, because here's another one, love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. I know I didn't do that, God. God, but you know what? There's so many awesome things I did, God. Surely it's got to count for something. No, no. What are you going to give for exchange for your soul? What I gave you was most important. What I want you to do is to most nourish it. This is what's most important. Before all these things, I want you to first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then... We begin to experience the gifts and the goodness of God who enables us to bless and enrich the lives of other people. I think Jesus was very honest with us when he said this. Because he knew that the moment we came into this life, there was a battle going on for our souls. He knew that. And because he knew there was a battle going on for our souls, he knew that something had to happen. He knew that something had to happen, and so he gave his life for it. And I believe today it's the same thing. I believe there's still a battle going on for your soul. There's still an enemy that wants to convince you, distract you, eventually destroy you, if he can just have you believe that this is not the most important thing for you to care for and to nourish and to look after. But I'm here, I pray this morning, by God's grace, to remind us all 
that thing which you need to most care for, that thing which you need to most feed, pursue, look silly for, love mostly, is the thing that God has given you. And I pray that if it comes at a cost for you, that you will take that seriously. Because at the end of the day, you can gain everything. But without this, you have nothing. And this is God's gift to us. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, I want to thank you firstly and foremost just because you knew with this great battle at hand that you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and shed his blood for our souls. Thank you, Lord God, that you loved us so much that you would give your life for it. That's how much it was meant to you, Lord. Lord, not to save our bodies, but to save the very part of us that is going to live with you forever. And then you taught us, Lord, how to live. You instructed us as to what to do. And I pray this morning that we would come seeking your help all the time to look after that very part of us that is most precious to you. Lord, I pray you bless your people as they set their hearts to do this. Equip us, strengthen us, remind us, help us. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's stand together. Close one final song.